When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. G'day legends and welcome to the Thursday session by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight are Willie and Stephen. How are you Willie? I'm doing alright. Had a quiet week in the construction industry here so it's nice to get a little bit of respite for once in a while. So yeah, but doing okay on the whole. How are you doing Stephen? Yeah, I'm alright Jared. Um, just enjoying a bit of late winter, lovely weather here in Sydney. It's been 23-24 degrees all this week here. It's not you can't beat that for winter. Uh, happy days, mate. How was the uh, Women's World Cup final? Did you end up going? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there with my daughter. Um, yeah, it was very good. Enjoyed it. It was good atmosphere, good crowd. Um, just pretty much the way the whole tournament's been, it was really good um, and really enjoyable and even more enjoyable the fact that England didn't win it, uh, surrounded by English fans. So... I was absolutely delighted that Spain uh, took the biscuits. I was um, I had a Spain jersey actually. I bought my son had bought for me years ago, and I'd never really wore it, so it was an excellent opportunity to, to wear it there. Um, and I got a few comments, you know, that's a that's a funny accent for a Spaniard, you know. <laughs> but um, thankfully, it was all in good fun. Bear with me a second. Try and fix my my stereo. How's that, guys? That better? Uh, yeah, uh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I had Mickey uh, pointing in the comments there that my mic was muffled. So, yeah, my um, microphone on the back of the USB camera was picking me up instead of this thing here. So, um, thanks for the shout out and letting us know there, Mickey. Appreciate it. So, um, yeah, we'll just get straight into the, um, the pod tonight. There's a bit to talk about. I think we've got about five or six main talking points, but the ones that 
I think the comments section will have a bit of a field day on and we're going to have a bit of a dive into as well. So we're going to start off with, as you said, name of the episode, jumping on the scales. It's pretty much our only other option at centre-back alongside Lager Bielke for the weekend. So I'm going to start with this first question to you, Stephen. Do we have an injury crisis at Celtic? We currently have CCV, Narosky, Welsh, Hatade, Johnson, Tilio, O, and I'm sure there's a couple others I'm missing, while Kyogo's also playing with a shoulder injury. So do we have a uh, injury crisis at Celtic? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say we definitely do. Um, only in defence, though. I wouldn't say, you know, it's too bad across uh, the rest of the team, but certainly the, the injuries we have to our centre-halves has, has been absolutely terrible, and it's left us down to the bare bones. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen on Saturday? Who knows what collection of a defence are going to turn out at, at Ibrooks? Um, and it's, it's it's really worrying the state we're in at, at the moment. Um, so a bit of news maybe that there's a possibility that, that Alistair Johnson might be back, if not this weekend, maybe for the Rangers game. Um, do you want to throw him into that fixture after a long layoff? Not too sure about that. Um, and then we need to sort of, we're waiting for word really, uh, what Cameron Carter-Vickers injury status is, you know, there's, there's reports bouncing around, mostly rumours that, that he might be out till Christmas. Um, and if that's the case, we're, we're really in a bit of bother and we'll probably have to do something in the in, in recruitment. Yeah, we've got a comment here saying that uh, Kennedy and Kuehl on at the weekend. We might have to if we're scraping the barrel that low. But, yeah, um, Willie, I'd like your th- your thoughts on um, the whole what Stephen just said and if we've got a, uh, you know, an injury crisis going on. Yeah, just to echo what Stephen says, it's it's the defensive area. We seem to be struggling. We've got seven registered um, centre-backs on our books and only two are fit. So if one of them goes down, we're in a whole world of trouble. Um is it is it time to go out and sort of buy somebody else, or do we give Dane Murray a shot at the first team action, and maybe recall recall Boss and Noel from Fleetwood Town from his loan? Is that the sort of options you can go down? It all depends on sort of the length of time Narowski's out for and CCV too. So if any of them are out for any sort of extended period of time, then perhaps it would be more prudent to go out and get maybe make a move on that Xavier Mbayamba and see where that could, could could lead to. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't have to recall Lowell from his um from his loan because, yeah, he's been loaned out. We can bring him back, but then there's just a lot of mucking him around there. Andrew Galea has pretty much just summed up my thoughts there. Would be worst-case scenario, you've got Ralston at centre-back or Nawada can play at full-back. Or, so we've got some options there. Mickey Moynihan saying go three across the back which is how I'd play Ralston as a right centre-back if Johnston's back. But there's plenty of options there to be, that we can do. But I'm going to, off the back of all of this, Stephen, do you think that the issue, that the injury crisis is down to a change in training and game styles with the new manager coming in? Um, nah, I'm not too sure about that. Um, I know, um, you know, Rogers received a bit of criticism during his first spell at the club that he was um he was overworking the players and he was he was flogging them basically, especially Kieran Tierney, 
who uh, who suffered suffered greatly for being overplayed when he was carrying a back injury. Uh, but a lot of the a lot of the injuries we've got just now are like carryovers from last year. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, you could argue he was maybe brought back too quickly from his injury, um, but you know that, that that can happen any time you come back. Um, Alistair Johnson was injured from the from the close season from an international game with Canada, I think. Um, so it's only Narovsky really that's happened recently. I think um, I think that the rest of them were like hangovers. So I think like so early into his time as manager, I don't think we can really we can really blame the sort of training. Or, or the sports science, because it's mostly just a continuation of what was going on last year. Well, that was actually my next point there. I was going to say, Stephen, like we've had, you know, with the new manager coming in, a change of game styles, and then we've had staff turnover in the sports science department as well. Those are factors that could come into it. But And the reason I brought those two up is because we had the same issue when Ange came in. He originally came in, we didn't have a lot of players, but then because of the demands that we had on people, and how aggressive and the amount of running our guys had to do, then you know we had a we had injury problems as well. Then until we got our, our sports science guy in, now it took a couple of months to settle down and get players back, and then we were good to go for the last eighteen months or so of it. So yeah, we're um I think it's more than likely it looks like it's down to bad luck more than anything because a bunch of them have been knocks and stuff like that. Andrew Galea, thank you for that. That's the one I couldn't remember. Kobayashi did his ankle in the preseason as well. I knew I was missing someone. So, Willie, what's your thoughts? Is it down to the manager and changing your game styles? Is it sports science? Is it bad luck? What's your thoughts overall on that? I think it is just a case of bad luck. I mean, you talk about the training regimes and it's the same backroom staff, it's the same sports science team. So I can't see there being too much difference in the, in the fitness regimes. It may be training drills and stuff, right, but not so much in the, the, the fitness work. Um, yeah, it's 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 really unlucky that it's happened, but maybe it's better to get it out of the way at the start of the season than have it happen in the middle of the season. But on the injury front, you also forgot to mention um, Albion Ayeti. He's out as well. Who? Who's that? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, doesn't matter. So if it's down to we've had some injuries, we've had, you know, changing of sports science, there's been some knocks, there's been whatever. I want to just touch on something you said before, Willie, which was do you think Celtic needs to bring in another centre-back? Now, you're saying that, you know, do we look at Xavier... Bayamba, I think I got it right eventually. Do we look at him? Do we, you know, give Dane Murray a go if he's fit? The other option is the loan market that we haven't touched on now. I don't like going into the loan market and, and developing someone else's player unless there's an option to buy. But you would think in the next week of the transfer window, there's going to be some movement there on clubs, particularly down south, who have players who aren't in the manager's plans who are going to become available, whether that's to be purchased outright or to be go on loan for the season that we could potentially be looking at. So do you think, do you guys think that that's an option we could look at? It's potentially just getting a centre back on loan, especially with if you've got Welsh out for four months, Carter Vickers is out for about a month still. Narosky, there's talk is it's about a month or so, month or two. And with Kobayashi, who knows when he'll be back. Do you really think, that's something we should potentially be looking at as well. What do you reckon, Stephen? 
Look, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against a loan signing. I think it would be informed a lot by how bad um, a couple of the injuries are. If Cameron Carter Vickers is back in the middle of September, um, and, and the Brodsky's back around about the same time frame, that that would really give us three first choice centre halves plus Welsh there, uh, and you know Kobayashi and, and Scales in the background, unless we move them on. Um, potentially, though. I think we have we, we should be looking ahead possibly to January or even next summer uh, when I think we'll come under pressure to sell Cameron Carter Vickers. So it'd be excellent if we could have his replacements in now um, so we can get them up to speed, give them some experience during the season and ready to be in a good position to sell him next summer if an if a acceptable bid's come in, which I'm sure they will if he has another season like last season. Um, so I wouldn't be against a loan signing, but as long as it's the right player, uh, no more Shane Duffy's um, or any guys like that, you know, that come up from the, the EPL with a with a big reputation as a no-nonsense uh, centre-back and then proceed to dish up a whole load of nonsense for a whole season. So um, if, if it's the right player, then yes, for sure. But um, I would rather see them going out and buy buying a centre-half, especially if it's in Biamba, um, that would be good because they certainly seem to have scouted him and he's certainly one that seems to fit the bill. Yeah, he fits the bill because Rogers did say that he wanted some size in the team. He's six foot four. If you put him alongside, you know, Lagerfeld at what's he six two, six three, and Narosky the same, that puts a bit of size in your centre back rotation coming into next year when you got Carter Vickers at six foot as well. So you've got plenty of height there. Then it's a matter of getting some more in the midfield there. But it's gonna bring up here yeah, Andrew Galea saying if we buy another centre back, we'd have to offload someone. More than likely, yeah, Kobayashi would go in January because that's when the Japanese season would start. So that's who I think would be going out. So you get one in now to let him go once he's back and later on in the year. On top of that, Andrew's also saying there should be a list of players leaving the club over the rest of the window, which we can discuss in a little bit as well. But Willie, what's your thoughts? Do we bring in a lone player? And if we do, who do you think we should look to sign? It, um, if you're going to take somebody on loan, it's difficult to say because until the window's about to slam shut, you won't know who is going to be fully available. I mean, there was talks that um, Sergio Ramos is on the free market and he would make a good signing. It would only be for one year and then he'd probably end up hanging his boots up. I mean, that could do the trick just for one year. It would sell some shirts and that and make a little bit of money. But for me, I, I would rather take um, Boston Lal back from his loan or promote Dane Murray because as you say it, it's only a month until CCV and Narowski's back so it is it is a very short term thing but I do like what Stevie said there on Mbayamba like if we are if we are looking to sell CCV come next season then maybe it is the time to go out and spend a little bit of money get him and embed him in so um, I'm not I wouldn't be opposed to a loan deal but as Stevie says it has to be the right one that's Sergio Ramos talk from our group chat the other day where I sent through the um the list of players and everything for us. Yeah, look, realistically, Ramos would be, if you could get him in, how good would that be to have him mentoring for a season in the same way we had, um was it Colo Torre come in in Rogers' first season, overseeing and men- mentoring those blokes? Imagine if you could land someone of Ramos' stature, how many Champions Leagues he's won, tro- trophies everywhere, bring someone like that into the club. Absolutely no chance in hell it's going to happen or that we could afford it. But we can, that'd be the dream. 
Plus, he's a hard bastard, so you wouldn't. It'd be good to have someone there who doesn't mind put sinking the boots in if need be. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, look, we could always dream, um, but somehow I don't think um, Glasgow is next on Sergio Ramos's bucket list. Bucket list, you know. I think he's probably got his eyes on a, a slightly more glamorous um, destination than that, you know. And um, you know, speaking of Colo Touré, he did a job for us for a little bit of the season. And then came a cropper in a, a Champions League game, if I'm not mistaken. Was it was it against uh, Munchen Gladbach, I think? Um, just had an absolute nightmare and was never seen again. So um, probably not from that point of view. But um, yeah, Sergio Dramos, uh, certainly certainly one to dream about. So I wouldn't let him, wouldn't let him trophy, near the trophy, so. I mean, not in an open class <laughs> anyway. No. <laughs> So I brought up the list that we were talking about. So all these players that said were on the free on the transfer market free agent list. So we need a goalkeeper. David De Gea, anyone? No chance. But then you go through and it's like, okay, they've got a defensive midfielder, Luis Chavez, Jesse Lingard. The fourth one listed here is Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> And then you just scroll down the list and it's like, do we need a left winger? Do you think Eden Hazard would want to come up to Glasgow? Then you keep going down. And for a centre-back, we're talking about it. 25-year-old Axel Tuanzibi is a free agent you could potentially sign. You keep scrolling down the list more. And there was a couple others' names came up in our group chat as well that we're looking at. So one that jumped off the page to me was Nampalius Mendy. Defensive midfielder. We've been linked with him in the past. So yeah, there's some there's some players there that we feel plug a few holes, but everyone's talking about we need a left winger, we need a left back, we need a goalkeeper. So how about this comment for you, Willie? From Pat Warren. Why do we want CCV away? He's never said he wasn't happy, he gives everything. We are a selling club, but we have just tied some major players down. What's your thoughts on that, Willie? I'd be happy for CCV to sign a deal for life. I think he's a great defender, but we all know that our best players are always up for up for grabs when the money's right. And I have a funny feeling that he's going to be one of the next ones that's sold, much as I would hate for it to happen. And Stephen, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, two years is about the normal shelf life these days for us to hang on to players. Um, so I, I can, you know, I, I, I agree with the guy in the comments. Um, I would love to, and I agree with Willie, I would love to see him there long term, you know, five, six, seven years, but it's just not going to happen. Um, we all know that um, if an offer that comes in that's acceptable to the club, um, it'll be off, and that's, that's just the way it is for us. And, and to be honest with you, that's the way it should be uh, because we bring these guys in um, selling them the vision that we can be a stepping stone at something else. I mean, Cameron Carter-Vickers never, probably never dreamed about spending his career at Celtic, uh, but he'll be here to try and get himself a move back into the EPL, um, which is ultimately where they all want to be. So if we can we can profit out of that uh, and get the correct fee for him, and you'd be looking for, you'd be looking for top money for, for Cameron Carter-Vickers because um, he's a, a good age. Um, and, and he's at top of his game. He's a current international, so you wouldn't be selling him on the on the cheap. Um, and if we get an acceptable offer for him, the, the, the simple fact of life is that they will be gone. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yep. 100% have to agree with you. Like, I think he's a good, good quality player. He's doing well for us. Hopefully he wants to stay long-term because he did have a lot of chopping and changing. I think it was 10 clubs or something before he came to us. So he seems to have settled and found a home here. So I think it would take a decent move to a decent club to get him out, out the door. But, yeah, if Carter Vickers wants to, as Willie said, if Carter Vickers wants to stay here for, um, you know, for the next five years or 10 years or whatever, I'd be cool with that. So we're going to go on to our next topic here. So – Transfers. We're going to talk about a couple of the rumors that are floating around. I'm going to bring up a bunch of your comments here that I've just flagged. So we've got a bit to talk about, but the current rumors, everyone's saying the whole Jota thing. Oh, we've been paid the money. We should bring him home back back up the road to Glasgow because he's a free agent again. How funny would it be to sign Jota's replacement? And he's Jota. Like, to me, that's a pretty funny dynamic that could happen. But at the same time, I highly doubt he will come back because he left for a life-changing money and everything. I'm a bit unsure of what the relationship between him and Rogers was like because of that. So I don't know. What's your thoughts, Stephen? Would you bring Jota back if he, if he wanted to come back up the road to Glasgow? Well, yeah, I mean, if he, if he wanted to come back and he was available on a free, then absolutely, just stick the $25 million in the bank and still get to keep the player. But, you know, in reality, it's not going to happen because I think probably you'll find that even if he hadn't gone to Saudi, he'd probably been looking for a move, if not uh, this year, certainly next. So that's next. Him and his agent will be plotting his next move already and it, and it won't be coming back to the, to the Scottish League. He'll have a... If, especially if he's available enough for you, there'll be a cure. People, cure clubs are really high level looking at Jota, and I wouldn't be surprised um, if um, quite a, a, one of the top five leagues a, t- a team comes in from. I know Benfica um, were pretty annoyed that they let him go. Uh, they, they sort of saw that as a major blunder, so they, they might be look, they might be interested in taking him back in a free. Uh, potentially, some of the Spanish teams will look at him the French and maybe even the bottom half of the EPL. Um, but he certainly he certainly he'll certainly have options open to him. But it's just so bizarre what's happened over there, isn't it? Um it, it's, it's hard to get your head around. You know, he's gone over there, 25 million transfer fee, um, and a salary, you know, if you believe the rumors about 170 grand a week. Um, and they've just basically he's been there a few couple of months and they're just gonna say, okay, 
will pay up your contract and away you go. I mean, how 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 bizarre is that? And what what's happening to football these days if that that actually can happen? Yeah, strange love the doctor's written Jodder's the exception. I'd bring the lad home if the rumours are true. That would be cool. Willie, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'd I'd have him back in a heartbeat. Like he's he's a tremendous player. He just just absolutely loved playing against Rangers. If we could get him in before that game, it would be absolutely phenomenal. But we'll never be able to afford his wages. The wages he'll command now will be well out with our pay grade. Um, I think he'll be headed to the SPL, the EPL, or off to La Liga in Spain, if I'm honest. But um, as with Stevie saying, I think there's a rule in in Saudi that they're only allowed eight European players, and they want to bring in Mo Salah, so they have to let one go and make way, allow Mo Salah to come in, and Jota is the one they've decided they're going to let go. Which is a shame because, well, well, is it a shame? I mean, he's going to get his contract paid out. It's not really that big a shame for him, is it? He's laughing all the way to the bank. Like he, he'll get his pick of whatever club he wants to go to. So it's a win-win for him at the moment, right? I, I just, I, I bet, like I say, I would take him back in a heartbeat. Like. There's a song, uh, Money for Nothing. I think that's pretty much what he's just got there. So um, with some comments here, RL77, the brazen head is calling, Andrew Galea. Where will Jota go? I don't think EPL clubs would raid him. The Pork Chop Express, anyone would have done the same with the cash that was offered to him. Pretty sure that would have taken the chance if it was offered, 100%. James Floyd is saying Atalanta is the team in Italy that he's been linked with. On top of that, where he's been rattling through all the top five leagues and there was no mention of Germany. I know from friends of mine who are massive Werder Bremen fans, so they're like, what's he like? That's the rumours. His name's bouncing around in there as well in the Bundesliga. So that's a club that's looking at him that I'm aware of. I also said, let's face it, Jota can come back and buy Celtic. Yep, get it done. <laughs> if you really want to get rid of Dermot. Um, yeah, I'm not going to bring up that. I think Pete McJay, I think Jota will end up back in Portugal. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he play, where he ends up at the end of the day. He's just made an absolute bucket load of cash, and anyone above us, if you got over, you know seven times your wage, it makes sense to go and take that role and see what happens. So the other one that's being linked back to us, uh, and it's not Paul Birrell coming, bring home KT. The talk is we're now the bookies' favourite for Tierney to come back. I'm waiting for the comment section to go absolutely off its chops now. So um, this isn't me saying it. If he came back, great. But, you know, it's uh, not a, I don't know, see how that goes. But, yeah, what's your thoughts, Willie? Yeah, um, off the two, you would like to bring home. He's probably the one that's most likely to happen. Um, I've said before, I don't think it would happen due to, due to phenomenal wages he's on as well. I think he's on about 120k a week, which might cause some ructions with the rest of the team if he's he's going to start earning double what everyone else is on. But um, right now, I would welcome him back with open arms. Greg Taylor's form is starting to freak me out somewhat, and the fact that Burnaby doesn't seem to even get a sniff of it, granted how poor um, Greg Taylor's playing, it just seems to me that the left-back position's an, an awful mess. Um so, yeah, it's something that needs to be addressed ASAP and Kieran Tierney would fit that bill. 
It's if it's not him, then that Merlin boy down in in Nantes in France um, is another one. But that all seems to be paper talk as well. So, but like I say, left back is definitely a position that they need to address soon. Stephen, over you, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, just much like Willie said, you you would love to have Kieran Tierney back, and and you would you would love to have have him back in a permanent deal. Um, if it was possible, but but it's unlikely to be possible unless something really wild happens and Arsenal decide to to half the half the uh, fee expectations, which isn't going to happen. Um, but my concern is, you know, it's a bit late in the day now. Um, we've got a week to go in the window. I'll probably talk a little bit more about this in a, in a while, but we don't have too many options left, um, and and we have we're running out of time to get a left back in, and we have to get one. Um, so if we have to throw a whole lot of money at a 12-month loan for Kieran Tierney, then that might just be what we what we need to do. Um, anybody who says he, he's, he's not he's not you know it's not a good footballing move from to bring him back is is kidding themselves on. It'll be it'll instantly walk into our team and be the best player there. Um, he's an international class left back, uh, and he would transform our team if if you brought him in there, um, and he makes such a huge difference. So. I hope it happens, uh, and I get what everybody's saying that it's that it's unlikely due to money and all that. But I don't know. It's just something. There's something that I'm feeling about this that just it seems to be gathering pace, um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we get this across the line. Um, you know, there's a lot of hurdles to get over first, but but you know, but, but let let's let's hope they can because it would be a real plus and a real shot in the arm for the club. Plus, it'd help in Europe with the homegrown quota as well that we always bring up. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest with you. I don't really like going back with former players and that. Mickey Moynihan's got a comment here. He's KT injury-free at the moment. Apparently, he is. He's done a full preseason. The thing with Arsenal is they just signed a guy to come in and be, like challenge Zinchenko at left-back, and he did his ACL on the weekend. So, who knows what Arsenal's doing as well. I'm going to bring up a couple of comments here. So we've got your pork chop express. KT would keep the physio busy at Celtic Park. No thanks. And then Andrew Galea was so Rogers can wreck him again if we were to bring him back. It'll be uh, interesting to see how uh, what happens there. But yeah, we'll see how um, that all plays out in the next little while. Uh, what do we got here? Got some more comments. So. Peg leg Lonergan. If Tierney's willing to get him in the door, we're heading into the Champions League. Who's news? Tierney's on a seven-year deal worth $43 million in wages. So there's plenty of options there. Um, on top of this, you've got other things we've been linked with. Um, the Honduras winger, Luis Palmer from Aris Thessalonica in Greece is where he's playing. It's been linked with us by Red Top Papers, the bloggers, pretty much everyone and anyone. Um, now there was a comment I'm just going to bring up, which is Peg Leg was saying another project signing on the cards with this Honduran lad. I don't really think it's a um, a project signing. When you look at it, three and a half million pound for him. It's 23. Scored 16 goals from last season. He's um, he seems a lot more left sided winger. I know the mob over at Ibrox were linked with him as well. So it's going to be a I think he'd be, if you don't bring Jota back to play that left wing, you're bringing him in. That's pretty much the final line through made his name as a left winger. 
and then he becomes our striker. We've been linked with that Vistgarden uh, striker from Bronby for four million pounds. So I reckon we'll probably get one of those two. I doubt we'd get both of them. We don't need 750 wingers at the club. So I think if, say, if Palmer comes in, then Maeda officially becomes a striker in the rotation. If he doesn't come in, then you probably bring in the lad from Bromby. But what's your thoughts on that one, Willie? Yeah, um, Stephen McGowan seems to be over this one, so he usually has a good bit of inside. Well, he seems to be one of the journalists that's ITK with Celtic. Um, from what I've seen in the video reels, he seems a decent enough player. I've read a little bit about him. He can play. He can operate anywhere across the front three. He can play as a second striker. He seems to have a good range of well-angled crosses and switching ability. He'll drop deep to come in between the lines to try and pick up the ball and carry it forward. So it's it's one of those sort of moves similar to the one with Daniel Bodance last week. You know, I mean, similar sort of attributes as him. So it is sort of the, that is sort of the style of player they seem to be looking for at the moment. So it would make sense to me to bring him in. But as you say, the, the Kiss Garden one as well is another one that could could be in the offing. It'd be interesting to see which way it goes because there are rumours on the socials too that the Daniel Podans deal isn't dead and buried just yet. Well, there's um, comments here as well. So from Paul is saying, is Marco Tilio the answer at left wing? I hope so. That's where I think he plays his best as a left winger, inverting onto his right foot. So to me, that's an option. But then Andrew Galea asked earlier, What's, was Tilio's injury? It's taken forever. Now, he had a calf injury when he was at Melbourne City last year that he played through with and carried the second half of the season that he's trying to get over. So apparently the talk is he's due back about middle of September. So I don't know how we'd tackle that. But, yeah, look at it and go, as Willie was saying, Palmer can also play in the 10. And if he comes in, if we bring in anyone at that position, then Haksabanovic has got to be out the door. Just in terms of sheer numbers, I think that that's the number one adjustment for me. But um, what do we got here? Whose news is the guy from Bromby played left side of a three and wasn't a standout big guy striker, not a winger, which is what we're after. Do we need a striker in the Jackamacus mould who can give us something different, or do we need a uh, another winger? Let us just know. Just a quick wee fact on Palmer. When I was looking around. He was managed by Alan Pardew last season, so I didn't know that. One of those names that disappears off the face of the earth and then reappears out of nothing. So. And Stan, what's your thoughts on the whole situation? Would you rather bring in Palmer or would you rather a striker? What What do you reckon? Well, you know, I was I was having a look at the. I think almost every Celtic fan wants having a look at the Palmer highlights today, uh, having a look at some of his stats, and you know, he looks a decent player, but. I, I don't know though. I think I'm pretty underwhelmed that that's that's the type of player we're going for as a, as a replacement for, you know, as to as a replacement for Jota, um, or to to sort of fulfil a kind of role in the team that Jota did. Um, I was hoping they would they would be looking for someone a little bit better than that. Um, now he might turn out to be a great player, uh, but I don't think this sort of recruitment um, is going to is going to move the needle for us, especially in a European context. He's another player who'll probably come in. He'll do all right, uh, and he, he might. We might move him on in a couple of years for maybe uh, if he does well for ten to twelve million or something. But this isn't the type of signing 
um, that's going to that's going to make a difference for us. Um, so I would like to see them signing another wide player, and I don't think we've replaced Jota yet. Um, I, I, you know, I would like to see him signing someone with the same sort of profile that Jota had when when he came here at first. You know, a product of one of the most highly rated academies in Europe, someone who's just not been able to break into their first team, uh, and someone we can maybe get on a, a loan with an option to buy. I mean, we've explored that market before with the likes of Odson Edward uh, and with Jota, uh, and it's been very successful for us. And I, and I don't know why why we don't do that again. And so, you know, I'm not really enthused by this signing, but, you know, he does seem to be a decent player. Looks as if he's, he could take a decent free kick. Um, but on this, on this striker question, I, I don't think we can have Maida as our striker backup. Um, I think Maida can play striker in a very select type of game. And that's the type of game where we don't have the majority of possession. His main strength is, um, is pressing. Um, he's an elite level presser. He's got high energy levels and he can run all day. But he can't play with his back to goal. Um, he doesn't have a finish or an instinctive finish on him and he's not got a great first touch. So in, t- in an SPL, SPFL context, he can't play as a striker for us. And for that reason, I wouldn't have him um, as a as a backup striker. Um, now, what you do with him, I'm not too sure, but... Um, but that's a question for a manager to sort out. I was reading a, a little bit today about Giorgio Giacomacchus, who, who you mentioned there, um, and we really are missing him, in my opinion. Um, I don't think we should have let him go. I mean, I know it's all right to be wise after the fact, but you know we've never really replaced what he brought to the team, uh, and that is a striker that can come in uh, and play and place a Kyogo and compete with Kyogo uh, for the first team for the centre forward position. And I was reading that there's a few teams in Europe sniffing about him now to try and bring him back from the MLS. He's done really well over there. And I think he's a, a better striker than what a lot of people gave him credit for when, when we were here. So, like, I think we need to sign another striker. And whether it's a, the boy from Bronby or not, um, I'm, I'm not too... His stats don't seem to be particularly impressive. Um, but, but I don't know. I haven't seen him playing, so I can't really make a call on that. But certainly, I mean, I think we need both. I think we need a striker and a left winger. Speaking of Jack is 12 goals in 12 games. That's why he's getting linked with clubs. Mm-hmm. So he's doing well over there at Atlanta. But, yeah, just something that we're talking about there as well, like with the whole recruitment and that, we'll get into that a little bit, one of our next topics. But I'm looking at it going, I agree with what you're saying, Stephen, in terms of we've got to get some players who are first team ready. But then where you're saying, oh, I just lost my thought there a little bit. But no, it was, um, I was going to say along the lines of Maeda at striker, that's what it was. He's got the touch of a baby elephant in certain situations. And I think, and I was chatting to Jerry, who's on Axon, and we're having a bit of a chat about this this afternoon. And for me, and what we both agree on is if you play him on the wing, where he's got to get the ball, gather it, beat a man, he tends to be that first touch of his as a killer. If you play him as a striker, like in the first preseason game where he scored the hat-trick in a half, if you get him just playing where he's, you know, getting the ball out wide and is running onto it and it doesn't have to think first touch, hit it, header, shoot it, like that and simplify his game, it's a lot easier for him, I think, than actually put him on the wing where he has to beat a man. The other thing with him is, is 
Right, playing in Europe, where you said before, Stephen, it's a game where we don't have a lot of um a lot of possession. He'd be perfect. He'd be the Jamie Vardy for Rogers' system. Lockie was Vardy was for him at Leicester in that getting playing on that guy's shoulder, the ball gets to the to one of our seven hundred wingers, and then we can cut it back into him from first touch to have a shot. That's how he scored those goal. He scored that first half hat trick in the preseason. So that's the way he needs to play if he's going to be a striker. I just don't think he's a winger in this current system. We're not pressing the way Ange used to, which would make up for it, and you'd had to have him in there just for the press. So it's one of those sort of things where it's a bit of a hard one to figure out exactly how he fits. I don't think he's got poor technique. I think it's just in certain situations, his first touch is pretty bad. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anything to add to that, Willie or Stephen? Or, or should we crack on to the next one? Well, I think when you think about Maeda's finishing, I always think about Real Madrid at home. And um, when he fluffed that chance from about three metres out, you know, and that's, I've got PTSD from that. Um, you know, that, that, that could have been a sliding doors moment for our season. Uh, we score that, we go a goal up. It might have been a, Entirely different game, but um, like I, th- I get, I get what you're saying, Jared. I, I get the comparisons with Jamie Vardy, but Jamie Vardy was an elite level finisher, uh, probably one of the best that the English games produced in a long time, and, and that's not my either. Um, and I think if, if we play him, he, and he can play in certain games as a striker, as I mentioned, games when we give up possession, uh, but not, not if you're, if you're going to come up against a pack defence like this weekend, for instance against St. Johnson, you either got to have to play it like Kyogo does, like your movement's so good, you're finding little pockets of space and you're instinctively finishing, or you play like Jack and Marcus, play with your back to goal, you know, use your ass to make space and just turn and get shots away. And, and to me, he's doing neither of those things. Um, so so it's a no from me, um, and I hope that, we, I hope that we're, we're looking to bring in another striker. Just to address a couple of the comments, uh, strange love put in there wasn't made at the top of the goal scoring charts in the J League when we signed him. Yeah, he was, but the way he plays for the Japan national team and the way he played at Yokohama, they both play counter attacking football, which suits his game as a striker a lot better. Where where as Stephen was saying, where we are ball dominant, it's not the same thing when you're going to have a bunch of two lines of defenders in front of him. It's going to be a lot harder for him. So. If he was playing in a counter-attacking team or if we're in Europe and we're counter-attacking, you'd hope he'd do better than he did against Real Madrid in that one where he just absolutely shanked it. But, yeah, that's where he gets a lot of his goals, whether it's for the Japan national team or when he was playing at Yokohama, was more in a counter-attacking system. Got anything to add, Willie? No, I think it's all pretty much covered. I think um, with Roger's style of football, it may not suit him out on the wing either because... Under Ange, he liked to press people high, push them into their own half and, and sort of pin them in there. Whereas Rogers is more patient and likes to draw teams out and try and expose 
expose spaces that way and get midfield runners in beyond. So I don't know. It's 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 um it's a different different time for Meda than it was this time last year. We're all excited about where he was going to go and how he was going to be. And right now it's just kind of a little bit questionable. Is it going to work for him under the Rogers system? So um hopefully it will because I do think he's a talented player. But as you say, his first touches leaves a lot to be desired and it's not really not really the kind of football for him to be playing up front as a main striker either. So it's just difficult to see where it's gonna gonna go for him. I bring up a comment from Andrew Galea. I prefer wingers who can dribble, so Yang and Tilio fit the bill. So I think that suits Roger's system a lot more as well, where you know you want to beat a team, draw them out and you know, get past them. So I think that will work there. But of what you were saying, Willie, the thought popped into my head. It's going to be a matter of who's going to last longer, who's going to outlast the other. Is it going to be Maeda at Celtic or Rogers at Celtic? Because, you know, there's already rumblings of people wanting Rogers gone, people like me who weren't big on him coming back, but now he's here, he's supporting that he's the here and he's probably the best candidate we could have got. But at the same time, there's, you know, the players – and the recruitment, which is that this is going to tie into our next topic, it was more structured towards a certain play style. And now we're having a tra- massive transition from a, a pressing game where if you lose the ball, it doesn't matter, win it back within five seconds, to now, uh, okay, get the ball, be patient. It's a game of chess, move the pieces around the board and get it done. So it's a bit of a, um, bit of a weird one trying to figure out how it all works a bit like that. But Last thing on transfers I wanted to do before we turn to the recruitment talk was the old in-the-know people in our support. There's been quite a few of them saying that we are down the road with signing a left winger and a left wing and a left back. There's been a lot of talk about that the last couple of days on the old Twitter or AKA X. So, um, yeah, there's been a bit of that going on. You don't know what to believe. It's just people sometimes spouting copious amounts of it's the old anyone who here who in a, who's listening in or watching, who's based in Australia, and knows the rugby league. Stephen, you'll get this con- this one straight away. Phil Gould runs the Canterbury Bulldogs. He's Channel Nine commentator says a lot of absolute rubbish like statements, statement, statement, statement. This player is not any good in this situation. This player is no good here, and then he'll throw twenty things out there. One thing will come off three weeks later and be like, see, I was right when I said this, blah, blah, blah. That's what these people are like on Twitter, in my opinion. So um, I'm sure everyone in every other sport knows someone like that as well. But I hope we get a left back in. I hope we get this Contan Merlin in. I'd rather him than KT because it's a long-term thing. And um, the left winger could potentially be Palmer. So we'll see what happens there. But... We're going to talk about the main elephant in the room. We're talking about recruitment and seeing all sorts of people talking about it, whether it's a Facebook groups, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in WhatsApp groups, whatever. Recruitment is a massive thing, especially when there's a week left in the transfer window. So I want to ask you, I'll go to you, Stephen. Has there been, do you think there has been a change to the way Celtic are doing things recruitment wise under Brendan? compared with how they were done under Ange? Um, no, I, I don't really think there has been a change. Uh, I think we're following pretty much the same model as we did under Ange. 
Um, and that is basically buying cheap players um, with the with the view to maximising the, the revenue we get when we sell them on. Now, Ange was great for Celtic and filled us with success uh, and we all went on in a tidal wave. But, but to be honest with you, again, and I keep getting back to this, we, we've never improved in Europe. Um, and, and, you know, a decade in recent years, the last two decades in Europe, um, it's been an embarrassment for the club and we need to do something about that. And we're not going to do something about that the way we've handled this transfer window again. Um, when Rogers came back, everybody's hopes were high that, that you know, the, the fact that he was being tempted back to the club um, signaled that we were going to do things a bit differently. We were going to try and spend a little bit more money on individual players with a view to recruiting better players uh, and potentially moving them on in, in two years' time for more money rather than having this £25 million glass ceiling that we seem to have um, at the moment. And I think this window, this transfer window has been very instructive uh, for us about where the board see it, our place in Europe. And that is, you know, they don't see it as being important. They, they, they see us qualifying for the Champions League as being a bonus and domestic dominance is really all that matters for them. Uh, because the way we... The way we've handled this, the way the window's gone so far, we're not any better than we were last season. Arguably, we're in a worse position uh, and we weren't good enough in Europe last year. So I can't really see anything else except another poor showing in Europe this year. Uh, and that's going to be enormously hurtful for the club uh, in terms of the next few years' coefficients and whether we, you know, whether we get our automatic Champions League qualification place or whether we're seeded in the qualifiers and all that because we're heading in the wrong direction in Europe other teams are passing us uh, and putting distance between them and us uh, and, and to be honest with you, this isn't the way this isn't the way to address it and what are your thoughts Willie nah I'm with Stephen on that we touched on it we did a deep dive into the European and comparing ourselves to our peers. And the conclusion was that the board are happy just for us to be one step ahead of Rangers. And it, it doesn't seem to have moved on from the needle hasn't nudged from that position in any way, shape or form. Some of the signings we've made that they're they're as Stephen says, they're in the lower end of the, the price market. We can afford a lot more. We can afford to push the boat out a bit more too if we want the better players, but we don't seem to be doing that and we're all the only thing we seem to look at is the sell on value. Um I can understand slightly that, 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 that there may be a shift in the way we look to sign players because Brendan might come in and say, well, look, I don't really fancy a lot of these Asian players. Can we start looking to a more European style? But the way things have dragged on and, and, and become so prolonged in this transfer market, we've gone from being like under Ange, we were quite proactive in signing players. We were signing players in January with a view of bedding them in for six months and having them ready for the next season to right now where it's going to be reactive. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I said I wasn't panicking. I had my hand sort of hovering over the the panic button um, and then in came Lagerbielka and I thought, all right, okay, and I relaxed a little bit thinking this is going to be the start of the signings coming in, but my fingers are thrumming away big time behind the panic button because I don't see any improvement. And with the sale of um, Carl Starfield, I think we kind of maybe weakened our defence. And without replacing Jota, yeah, I kind of think... Um, I think we're sidestepping from a position, one position to the next into the new season with 
well, okay, Lager, Bielka and Narowski's come in and they will probably go on to be decent defenders. But from the, this moment in time, we haven't, I don't think we've improved any. I don't think we've gone backward too far or regressed too far. But um, the rest of European football, they don't sit still. They're always moving forward and we're not. And um, last season, Rangers went out into Europe and had a really, really embarrassing time. And there's if the draw goes against us this year, I mean, you look at some of the pots and some of the seedings, there's a good, you could easily get drawn in a group with Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund and AC Milan from pot one, two and three. And that could be seriously embarrassing for Celtic going forward. And the board, just as we said, as I said at the start, are just more content with being one step ahead of Rangers than they are moving the club forward into the into where we want to, the fans want it to be. Yeah, I agree with both of his what you were saying. And um, I'm just going through some comments here. So bring this one up. Martin, we have three quarters of our back four out plus the backup. So now a backup. So now backups for them. We need to remember that CCV and Jota wasn't done until last week and only three of Andrew's early window signings have come good. So there's that. There's a whole bunch of other comments here that I'll get into. So we've got Pete McGee was, if we keep, we keep signing midfielders and wingers when we know that the back backup goalkeeper and two fullbacks what we need. Michael McDonald, Celtic have signed six players, but fans in Scotland think they are all project players, even though they played first team football. Pegleg Lonigan, first team football for who? Never even heard of the club that Honduran has played for. People haven't even heard of the club that Kyogo had played for before we signed him. So I'm not buying the whole I've never heard of who he's played for. Andrew Galea, I'm not really thinking about Europe. I'm more concerned we win the league. It's pretty much what the board think as well. Alan Woods said before, I think Brendan has been fed a pack of lies about budgets and transfer control and feels he can't quit again. If he was going to quit again, I'd actually be like, I actually reckon he was in a hiding to nothing when he first, when he came in. But if he was to just walk out now and be like, they're not giving me the players I want, they're not living up to their promises and left. That's going to just absolutely it'll tarnish any remaining legacy that he would ever have had at Celtic. But at the same time, it's going to set a massive bonfire happening at, at the board's feet. And there'll probably be people at the front of the stadium, you know, throwing barricades around and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a bit of an uh, interesting one. Peg leg was, well, well said, Stephen, Europe's where it's at and we have been at utter embarrassment. Pete McGee's like, and told the board what Asian players he wanted, knew and wanted, and we got them. Don't see any sign of that at the moment. And then we got strange love. The results in Europe under Ant didn't reflect the performances, but I was I was proud to see Celtic go toe-to-toe. It was brave and created value in our squad. Looks like there's an elephant in the boardroom. Thought Brennan Rose would demand more control of who we signed. Well, he's openly said in the media this week that it's not about – he's basically told these are the players you've got, coach them. And he's come in and everyone was saying he's a good coach and good for development. I've said that myself. So um, I think putting all that aside, the main things for me is the recruitment doesn't seem – it seems really disjointed. And – where it's disjointed is as a fan base, we're looking at for players and we think we should be getting players at certain positions, but then the club's getting us players and signing players at other positions. So that's the disjointed part of it. 
And then on top of that, we have an injury crisis going on, which is weakening things and making us all, you know, nervy, have no fingernails left from watching the game on the weekend, that sort of stuff, right? So I think you put the two of them together and it's an absolute, um, the nicest way to say it is it's a bit of a shit show. So um, we got Pete McGee was saying we're panicking because of injuries. We need to bolster the back five. Andrew Galea had a comment. It's hard to sell players that haven't played in months. I'm going to bring up this one for Michael Ross. So Gino Dest would have been a great signing, the PSV fullback. They got him on loan from Barca. Yeah, they got him on loan for I think it was three, four million or something this season. And then it was an obligation to buy him for eight or nine million at the end of the season. So it would have worked out as a club record for us at 12 million. But he would have been the, the right sort of player. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a doozy the way the whole recruitment's done. So to me also, it looks like we're still scouting the same markets like Korea, Japan, Korea, Scandinavia, England, the places we normally look, France, that sort of stuff, which is normal. So the next question is, Willie, do you think that the club, because we're talking about bringing in project players, a lot of people are talking about that, do you think the club is looking to recruit quantity or call it and develop them to sell in the future, or we bring in quality that's first team ready to immediately contribute in the team. What do you think's happening? Well, on evidence of the signing so far this summer, um, it's it's the former. It's going for quantity over quality. I mean, we will anyone who's you can see what any anyone who knows anything about football can see that we need a goalkeeper desperately and a first team goalkeeper at that, not just somebody who's going to bolster numbers and it, it doesn't even look like we're even going to be entertaining any thoughts of buying anyone in that position. So um do you look at players like Fabian Ryder who who are classy players? These are players that we could afford if we might be a little high on the price range, but we could afford buy him. Like and uh, if we could match his wages, he's a sort of player that would come in and fit the player trading model that we can move him on again for more money. But we don't seem to be concerned about that. Anything that's over and above five million, the board just seems to be shaking their head now. I know it's like so. It's um, it's a little concerning the way the transfer policy is working out at the moment. And um, as with seven days to go, we're in desperate need of four positions to be filled before that door closes. Like, but there's no sign of that four players coming in. It's going to be an interesting podcast next Thursday for the. Uh... You know, transfer deadline day one for us. We'll, um, you know, see who's panty wetting and who's like losing it. I think we'll all have to wear yellow for that podcast if my, my memory's right. That's how it works, isn't it? So, um, interesting. But what's your thoughts, Stephen? You said it earlier about we've spoken about the whole production line as we talk about. So, you have the first team guy in, you have them, you play, you sell them like Jota, you have a barter on the bench ready to come in and start. You sell him for a couple of million and a few years, you sign his replacement in Yang to develop him for a few years to take it, and that's how it constantly churns. We've spoken about that on previous podcasts. Do you think that's what we're still trying to do, or do you think we are actually are going to bring in a couple of first-team players? Well, I'm running out of um, I'm running out of positivity um, that we're going to get the deals we need done uh, over the next week. I can't see it. Um, I agree with what you said earlier. The, the whole thing seemed a little bit confused. Um, we don't seem to we seem to be signing players just because they're at the right value uh, at the right age and fit this so-called 
transfer model that we've got, but the transfer model should serve the club. You know, not the other way around. We're not a club. We're not here to generate money. We're here to, to achieve football success. And the model should always feed that. Now, I don't have a problem when I'm signing players in the two or three million bracket and then trying to flip them down the road for 10 to 15. But it has to be augmented by something else. And any time we have spent bigger money, it's generally been a success. Spent £9 million on Odson Edward four years ago. Um, sold them a couple of years later for 20. Arguably sold them a year too late. Probably I got more than that again if we'd sold them the year previously. Um, Jota, we brought in £6.5 sold them for 25. So any time we have dipped our toe into that market, we have made a success of it. But for some reason as well, well, I think we know the reason um, the board just don't want to go down that road uh, and they seem to be filling the squad with cheap signings and it is quantity over quality and that's why we're left with a bloated squad because when you sign a player at £2 million and none of this is an exact science but in general terms there's a higher risk that he's not going to work if you sign a cheap player. Now I know there's always exceptions to that rule but at the moment our squad is stuffed full of guys who are just not contributing uh, who we've brought in for for you know cheap money, uh, and we can't get rid of them now, and we're left to pay out contracts and get them get them off the books. Um, but where we should what we should be doing is focusing on real quality and using our scouting department, which we talk about all the time about how good it is, using that to get the correct players, guys like Odson Edward and guys like Jota. These are examples of where we got it right, uh, and that's what I would like to do. And well, he's, what Wally says is absolutely right. Fabian Ryder, that sort of level of signing should not be above us. I mean, £9 million for Edward four years ago is probably worth about £12-13 million now. And we should be able to buy players in that price range if we've done our scouting properly and if we're, you know, if we think they fit the bill. But, for, you know, we're still messing around here, two or three million, and um, it's, we're never going to move the dial in Europe Unless we unless we change this, change the way we approach this. Hundred percent. It's kind of time at the end of the day, but we'll um we'll crack on to the, the last couple of topics to start one the pot up. So Rare Hatade rejects a new contract offer from Celtic. It was rumored to have been five years, fifty K a week. So that shows that our wage budget has moved up with the few signings and extensions and everything. We're talking a couple of weeks back. Say if you were to sell before he got injured, you sell Hatade for 25, 30 million, you spend the 16 million on Ryder, you've got your replacement in, and then you've got your your 10 million there to go buy a couple of these little understudies to be Ryder's replacement. So Ryder is in that role for a couple of years. We sell him for big money again, and then the guys we're signing under step through. That's the production line that we constantly are talking about. That's an ideal world. But I think Hatate had his head turned if he wasn't injured would be uh looking at something here but he's it's disappointing that he doesn't want to stay but you know there's got to be some sort of relationship there with the manager and when you were like one of the first players picked every week under Ange and everything and Rogers drops you for Turnbull it says a lot basically so you got anything you want to add on that one Willie no 50k a week um, I don't see him being offered any more deals. 
any more money than that, I think that's it. That'll be the negotiations done and dusted. Like, so it'll be a case of when and how we move him on. Stephen? Well, well, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. We just can't move on at the moment. We don't have enough options in the park. And then, and then, and then we'll, 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 we'll need to, we need to hang, we need to hang whether or not he wants to stay or not. We'd have to agree with you. We can't let him go anyway. He's got a couple of years left on his contract. What's that? Three more years left. So worst case scenario, you don't like the offer. You want to delay it till the end of the season, whatever. That's fine, but you're under contract. So you're going to, while you're here, you're going to put in work. And as I said about Maeda early on as well, it could be one of them ones where um, could be one of them ones where it's just like, who's going to be back into the squad? Is a Hatade and Maeda back in? Who's going to be around longer? Or is it going to be Rogers? He's going to be around long, longer. But anyway, we'll move on to Celtic versus St. Johnston on Sunday in the league. So head-to-head in their last 20 league games against them, 18 wins to Celtic and two draws. So it's always a bit of a tough game against them, but I'm thinking we've got to see that bounce-back factor, especially with Ibrox on the on the go in a couple of weeks and Europe draw next week and that sort of stuff. We've got to see a bit of a, what do we call it, a push forward in the way we're playing and getting up to speed. So for me, I'm going I'm going to go with a um a 3-1 win for us. And I'm going to start with Harding goals. I want to see Bernabe at left back. Don't really have many options at center back. So it's scales and um Lagerbelke and then the Bricky right, Ralston. Midfield I want to see Kalmak, Awada and O'Reilly. Up front, Kyogo, Yang, and Abada. What do you? What do you? What's your score prediction, Stephen? And what starting lineup do you want? Yeah, I think it's pretty much pretty much the same as yourself. It's a case of who's who's available uh, at the back. Uh, you know, if there's any say chance of seeing Alistair Johnson back at right back, then I, I would hope to see him there. But I agree with you. It's got to be Skills and Lab- Lagabielka. Um, I wouldn't be. I mean, do you do you throw in Bernabe for Taylor because Taylor's been so poor? You know, there, there's a possibility there. Um, but um, in midfield, yeah, Iwata, I'd be surprised if Iwata came in from the cold like that because he hasn't even got on the bench, he hasn't even got off the bench in any of the games so far. So I think he'll go. I think Turnbull will start again. I think it'll be Turnbull, O'Reilly, and Kalmak. Um, I'd like to see Yang starting the right because he has looked good when he's came on and I, I was hoping to see him from the start um, against Kilmarnock um, and I, I think I would stick with Maeda on the left for just now and Kyogo through the middle um, I, I think we'll win but I think it'll be another slog so I think it'll be 2-1 Celtic reason I said Stephen about um, bringing in Awada is because Kalmak seems to be drowning a little bit playing as a six in this current setup. Mm-hmm. So last time when Rogers was around, he had Bruni playing in the six and he was playing as an eight and he was a lot more settled. Something if we bring in whether it's Quan or we bring in a Wada, bring in someone to play as a six and free Kalmak up, try and see if we can get on top of things in the middle of the park. But Willie, over to you for your score predictions and starting lineup. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I'm kind of hoping we'll go for a statement win here on Saturday. I think we really need a decent performance just to try and blow this negativity away. Um, we really, really need to see something a bit more fluid from the middle of the, middle of the park this week because last week was they were pretty much non-existent. Um, and I also think that the team that we play on, the team that we put out on Saturday should be somewhat reflective of the team that will be playing at Ibrox because they need to get that sort of understanding of each other together. So for me, I would I would go with um, Hart and goals. Probably Greg Taylor because I don't think he fancies Burnaby. Although I would, if it was me personally, I would play Burnaby because I'm 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 not really a big fan of what Greg Taylor's doing this season. Um, Scales and Lagerbelt, uh, centre half, Rostinho at right back, McGregor, O'Reilly, Turnbull, Mieda, Kyogo, and Yang up front. And um, I would say we'll win four or five nil, as I've got St Johnson tipped to go down, and I can't see them offering anything in the way of resistance to us. You're mute, John. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We're um, we'll just wrap up with our final thoughts for the pod. So um, I'll go with mine first. So Jerry over on Axom, he's doing a show. I brought up on the screen. It's called Singing I'm Not a Billy Shizzer Tim. So it's an original show with an all female cast of the old I'm not a singing I'm not a Billy. Here's a Tim version of it so there's a show going on there on the 1st of september and 2nd of september uh the link for tickets if anyone's interested is in the um the show notes so you can check that out if you're interested in going to that just thought i'd share that to support some other you know celtic you know fan media and um stuff like that but willie you got a final thought My final thought is I want a decent performance this weekend because last weekend was boring as fuck. <laughs> so I want a decent one this week. Like Stephen? Yeah, I'll be watching, yeah, I'll be watching um, 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 Welcome to Wrexham um, on the on the Disney the Disney Channel the the the, the story of Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds taking over Wrexham down in Wales. Um, very good series if you if you've not had a chance to catch it. Um, it's good to see how a, a club that was once a big club can end up down in the depths. And um, interesting, they're playing in the, the, the tier below the, the bottom league in the, in the English league. And um, they're getting 10,000 fans for a home game, um, which kind of puts the, the SPFL into perspective. But um, yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'd, I'd recommend it. Thanks, Willie. Thanks, Stephen, for joining us. Hail, hail, everyone. And we'll talk to you on our next pod on Pot Noodle on Monday. See you then. Hail, hail. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.